0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ben and Chris Talk Football. I am Chris. With me, as always, my co-host, Ben. And we are here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the NFL. What a weekend, huh? Yeah. Four big-time upsets. Some people could argue they're not upsets. I would argue they all were. Some could argue there was five, given Seattle over San Fran. I wouldn't call it an upset. I called it. But, you know, some people would.
1: You did call it, didn't you?
0: But those are two really, really good teams. And even though one was undefeated, it's it's not really the disparity that's between the other four we're talking about here. And those four, of course, are Kansas City losing to Tennessee, Buffalo losing to Cleveland, the Colts losing to the Dolphins. Yeah, the Dolphins won two in a row after looking like they couldn't fight their way out of a paper bag. Watch out. They won two in a row. And the Rams losing to the Steelers. Of those four, Ben, which one? is the biggest letdown to you?
1: It's got to be Kansas City losing to Tennessee.
0: Okay, why's that?
1: You have your MVP back. You have all your receivers, your weapons. I mean, yeah, they set Shady McCoy for the game, but he's not an integral part of the offense.
0: And that was part of the game plan. That was to give him rest. That wasn't an injury or a surprise. That wasn't out of the blue.
1: No, this was planned. This is pre-planned as soon as they signed him. But you had all your weapons. You had everything. And you lost to Tennessee. Tennessee who's starting their backup quarterback because their starter couldn't function.
0: Well, in fairness, their backup is better than their starter, so that's why. They're three and one with Tannehill, man. You can't. Deny I understand that. that. I
1: understand that. But Tannehill also failed in, in Miami, which yep. we can debate on how good Miami was and Piss four. And Adam Gates running Miami into the ground. Yep. That
0: tells you everything you need to know. Right there. But the Adam Gase-led Dolphins.
1: You still had the league MVP from last year. You had all your weapons on offense, and you lost. You lost. You needed to win. You have the Raiders and, to a lesser degree, the Chargers on your ass, and you're not, you're not putting in good performance. This no. was not a good performance by Kansas City.
0: No. Even their offense looked shaky. Now, Tennessee's defense is very good. I don't know if I would call them elite. No, but they're good. But they're very good. They
1: they put they put average to less than average teams down, and they just shut them down. A team like Kansas City, they managed to beat them.
0: Kansas City is supposed to be upper echelon, top tier, right. number one overall seed in the AFC level talent, and they lost to a team that's kind of middle of the pack.
1: Yeah, like if Kansas City wants to show they're the the cream of the crop of the AFC you needed to take Tennessee out to the shed and put them away and they didn't do that i mean they tried to put them away early in the game but they couldn't just it, they just couldn't let it go and then tennessee comes back coming back and in the end they lost
0: everything from bad turnovers to blocked field goals at the end of the game to tie it i mean it was kansas city just not it's just not the Chiefs team that we've seen the past year and maybe first quarter of this season before Mahomes got hurt. Yeah, like after they got that first loss, it was almost like they really had a lot of vulnerability, and he kind of questioned their mental toughness because this is not a team that looks like they're going to scare anybody, honestly. And you, and you can't even
1: usually they're front runners. Well, they were ahead yeah. this whole game. Pretty much. Good part of it. And what happened? They just – time management. It's, it's, it's a staple of the Andy Reid problem, time management. He can't manage when he should force the ball down the field and go for it. He can't decide if he should be conservative and, and run the ball. But when he, when he needs to run the ball, he can't.
0: Oh, and it's just in Kansas City's defense, still bad.
1: Still bad. Now that
0: that was a surprise to me.
1: Well, they made so many changes, and no. they changed the in the defensive coordinator. They changed in the offseason, too.
0: Right, but I'm, I'm talking. I'm talking about this game in general. The outcome was a surprise to me because yep. I expected Kansas City to win this pretty heavily. Yeah. The biggest surprise to me all of those four wasn't this game. It was a surprise, but it wasn't. Oh my god! I can't believe that because of the, the talent of Tennessee's defense. And they can't argue. Oh. Well, Mahomes first came back, well, you guys said he was healthy, so he only missed two weeks. It wasn't like he missed a year. Get out there and play. But my big surprise was the Colts losing to the Dolphins. Really? Yeah. I mean, I know they're without Brissett, And, I mean, if you'd said at the beginning of the year, oh, they're missing Jacoby Percet, you would have been like, yeah, who cares? But he's the kid's really proven that he's come a long way and he's learning and he's developing into a really solid quarterback So they had, you know, they had their backup in there.
1: You don't factor in T. Y. Hilton not being there?
0: No, and I do. But we sit there and we brag about, you know, oh, next man up. You know, next guy's gotta take the spot, next guy's gotta play. I know not everybody's replaceable. I get that. True. But we can't sit there and say, Oh man, you know, they they built this insane offensive line and they have this awesome running game and they have, you know, all this talent at tight end, and then the minute something doesn't go their way, it's, oh, well, you know, this is, you know, 15 excuses. You know, last week, Brian Hoyer went out. Had a very nice game. Looked really good. Yeah. Everybody's, oh, he's the best backup in the league. He's this for a reason. He's that for a reason. He You know, this is why they have him. Well, first of all, Teddy Bridgewater's the best backup in the league, so you can put that Brian Hoyer noise to bed right now. Yes, sir. But you can't one week say he's this, he's a hero, and the next week they play the worst team in the league. Maybe the Bengals can make an argument. Oh, the Bengals are making a strong argument. <laughs> Well no, no, because if you listen to anybody, Baltimore beat a Super Bowl contender last week in the Bengals because they were all over Baltimore saying how tremendous they were because they were destroying a team that couldn't hit water falling out of a boat. But whatever, that's fine. That's cool. But Hoyer and you know, Hoyer aside and you know TY Hill not playing, this is the Dolphins. This is the team that started out 0-6, 0-7. And they just looked like the worst team in NFL history.
1: Like they were purposely losing in yes. every game.
0: They were just abysmal on every aspect of the game.
1: Like even games when they were winning, it seemed yeah. like they were just they got the phone call, "Hey guys, snatching to start losing.
0: Yeah, snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. Yep. Over and over again, and for a team that's supposedly going to be a playoff contender in the Colts, yeah, like the Chiefs are going to be fine. The Chiefs lost this game; they're fine. The Chiefs are still going to the playoffs. They're still going to be a threat. They're still going to be dangerous. Yeah, they're six and four. They're probably going to be eleven and five. I'd be surprised if they ended up ten and six. They're going to be just fine. They may not lose again. Honestly, I think they will, but they may not. They're that talented on offense. The Colts, the Colts are a little shakier. They have some injuries. They don't know what's going on. This is supposed to be a team that can come through and perform when the chips are down, no matter what, they have, you know, skill at all those positions on offense. And
1: they have un- quote unquote the best offensive line in the league.
0: That, that and that's what I'm saying, man. Like you can't you can't sit there and say, Oh, they have this, they have that. And then when they when, you know, one thing goes wrong, like TY Hilton being out doesn't affect the offensive line. No. I mean, it might affect, you know, the run and pass ratio, which will affect how what they do, but Two island doesn't block, and they end up running the ball against the Dolphins, who have nobody on defense—literally nobody. Yeah, anybody they have who's talented is injured,
1: or traded. Yeah, and- <laughs> no, I, 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 mean, I, I, I don't think that was the worst game this weekend. But I can see your point on Miami. I just, I just, I just think so low of Brian Hoyer and what he's done, and what he did in Cleveland. And what he's done as a backup throughout his career, what he did in San Francisco, he just – he's – I don't even want to say he's okay. He's hes there. He's in, hes in existence. That's about it. Like, he's a clipboard champion. That's what he should be. And he shouldn't be the starter. Unfortunately, he has to be because Brissette was out.
0: I get it, but with, with a great offensive line like the Colts have and the ability to – supposedly the ability to run the ball – and receivers who, I mean, Zach Pascal was in there. They have, you know, they have two good tight ends. True, and they have uh, Mo Cox, who is a monster, who should be going up above guys and just catching balls. Right, not doing nothing. Uh, they have, they have Zach Pascal, who's not T.Y. Hillen, but he proved last week he can make some plays. He can be in the slot. You can give Brian Hoyer three, two, three, four seconds to throw the ball, which is enough time for the NFL quarterback to get the ball out and a receiver to run a route. And they just were not finding anything against a Dolphins defense that barely qualifies with the word defense. They are atrocious, and that's being kind.
1: You are being generous.
0: And somehow... A supposedly playoff caliber NFL team could not beat them. I I I don't I mean I, I look at I look at the Rams losing to the Steelers and mm-hmm. I'm like, Alright, I can see it. Even though the Rams have or excuse me, even though the Steelers have their backup in he's been in for well pretty much the entire season now, with the exception of when he was hurt for a game or two. Yep. Their defense is really coming around, especially with Minka Fitzpatrick, the way he's been playing. That kid's been off the wall. He's been incredible so far. Well worth the first-round pick they gave up. And, I mean, it doesn't matter. It seemingly doesn't matter who Pittsburgh puts behind the quarterback as far as the running back goes because they're just going to produce. Yeah. Not monster numbers, but. But good enough. Came through good enough, yeah, for a guy who's probably the fourth-string running back at this point.
1: Well, yeah, because James Conner's not playing. Yeah. So he.
0: So I mean, then the Rams. Well, we'll get into that later. We'll but, get into it. Yeah,
1: we, I think we need to touch on the one other one that's. Oh, this. I yeah. think this one's. <laughs> this one has some appeal and sizzle because I think so low of the team that won. Buffalo losing to Cleveland. I think I put that above, Indy losing to Miami. Really? Just because I think so low of Cleveland. I think they're, they're a disaster. I think they're all about pop and frill. They want to show themselves. I mean, just look at last week. They were more concerned about Baker Mayfield's mustache and how much facial hair he has than going over and, and trying to win the game.
0: Okay, all all dislike for the players aside, who has more talent as a franchise, Miami or Cleveland? Cleveland. Okay.
1: Without a doubt.
0: Yeah. But so the s- players are there.
1: They're so disorganized. Absolutely. That... I think you have to factor in the coaching staff head coach is so disorganized and yet Brian Flores seems to have a firm grip on who he wants and who he doesn't want. He he was not ashamed or afraid him and the GM to take whatever players they had to and ship them out of town because they're not part of that, that winning culture that he wants to have. And I don't think the quarterbacks are going to be in the future that they have between Rosen and, and, and uh, Fitzpatrick, but –
0: yeah, Rosen. He's, no, Rosen's not the future. He's that's for sure.
1: he's brewing a a culture down there. At least he's trying to, of of winning, even if the front offense wants to lose every single game and get the first overall pick. He wants to win. He he's got the fire. I love Brian Flores as a head coach. Not that I am turning on the Patriots and going to the Dolphins. Let's let's get let's just spell that real quick. But I just think. Freddie Kittens, I mean Freddie Kittens, kitchens. <laughs> 40 did didn't slip there. Uh he's just doesn't have a grasp of the team. It was a misfire as a head coach signing.
0: The only person in the league I see more confused by what their own players are doing because they call it is Adam Gase. Yeah. Adam Gates just it's like he just ends up doing, yeah, I don't even know what happened. I just watched him play out there for three hours. I couldn't tell you what they did. I have to go look at video. I had to look at it. yeah, I gotta figure this out. I don't know. And Freddie Kitchens? Uh, same thing. I mean he he He's not a head coach. No, he's not. He's not even close to a head coach. No, not even close. Like he doesn't doesn't carry himself like a coach. Doesn't uh well, I mean talking and looking is part of carrying, but he is just not, you don't look at him and go, that. like you said, that guy has a grasp of his team. Like, you're 100% right on Brian Flores because you look at Brian Flores and you say, that's a guy in control of his team. Right. Well, his team sucks right now, but that's a guy who knows where he wants to go.
1: Like, he took players, not like, didn't physically take them, but he, he looked players in the eyes and says, do you want to be here or do you not want to be here? Kenny Stills didn't want to be there. So, what did he do? Shift him out of town. And anybody else who didn't want to be there, Mika Fitzpatrick, they sat down and said, we want you part of the organization. We want you part of our future. Do you want to be here? No. Okay. Gone. Not even a bat and eye. He wants players that are going to be there. He wants winners. And he may not be winning right now, but he wants winners there. Cleveland is just a mess. They compiled this. I, I equate it to the... Sandy Capadre, sorry for crossing sports. A few years ago, when they compiled all this talent, it was when they got Kimbrel and uh, I don't remember who else they grabbed. They grabbed a couple other players when they traded for Will Myers and they got, grabbed a couple other players, mm-hmm. big names, and they just put this team together and said, oh, "Wow, we got we got all these names and we're going to win." The next off season, they just started tearing that team apart. And they started shipping people out of town. I can see this happening to Cleveland.
0: And that is exactly the reason why what you just said is the reason when people say the Patriots blueprint, the blueprint to be like them, the blueprint to defeat them, I laugh because if it was that easy, people would have done it. Right. Because they they bring in some big names. Don't get me, don't get me wrong. But unlike what Cleveland did, they don't just bring in names to bring in names. They bring in the best player for that position for the team. And it is a team atmosphere. It is the do-your-job atmosphere. So I agree 100% with you when you said they just brought out a bunch of stars, didn't worry about how it was going to work. How I mean, they seem okay on defense.
1: Yeah, they seem okay, but unfortunately – the offense is not functioning at the level it should.
0: Right, which and they oftentimes go three and out, so the defense has to stay. Much like the problem with Chicago, the defense right. has to stay on the field. So I don't know what if, it, if it's offensive line help because they're set. At, they're set at running back. Oh yeah, they are. And I do really think as much as much flack as I give Baker, I think he's going to be a very good NFL quarterback once he realizes that it, it's not about. And I don't think he, I don't know if he ever will realize. If he doesn't, he's gonna have a short career. It's not about what kind of shoes you're wearing or what your mustache looks like or how many Home Depot commercials you did. You have to produce on the field because right. if you don't produce on the field, people stop caring about you, and then that all goes away. How quick was Johnny Manziel? I, I was believe. just gonna bring that up. Jo- Johnny Manziel was and gonna I be loved, the guy.
1: I love Johnny coming out of football, out of college, and I thought he was gonna be, he was gonna change the league. I thought this was the next guy.
0: Nope. Nope. And Baker was and is the best quarterback that Cleveland's had in a long time. Yeah. But that is not saying much.
1: No, because they've had a a list a mile long the past decade of what garbage has passed through the league. And it's just it's it's sad to see a team with that much talent. And with Nick Chubb, who could potentially be the, dare I say, a league MVP at some point. Some point he could be. In the right offense. And yet, you're going to waste him. You're going to waste all the talent. You're going to waste the best years of Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham's career because you don't have a head coach that can take the team and say, this is how we're going to run it. Either get on board
0: or get off. Freddie Kitchens couldn't coach a Pop Warner team. Fair enough. The guy is a joke. He just stands on the sideline, and it's just like, I don't, I don't know who's calling these plays. You, you are. moron. You. And you have, like you said, all that talent, and you have a fan base that will support you no
1: matter what. Have the most loyal they, fan base. They,
0: I argue that Cleveland is, and I'm not. You know, I'm not saying any any fan base is better or worse or this or that. But you want to talk about loyalty? That stadium is packed every Sunday they play. Whether they're Owen sixteen or well, let's face it, they're, they're usually pretty bad. Right. But I'm out of the record. Because Cleveland f- fans are insanely loyal. And I was honestly, I want the Patriots to win. I'm a Patriots fan, always have been, always will be. And it was still exciting to see the potential for Cleveland to be really, really good. Yeah. Just for the game of football, just for those fans. The same way, I mean, you see all the craziness with the crazy things that Bill's fans do online. Yeah, but I know Bills fans, and they're not all j- elbow dropping each other through flaming tables in the parking lot before games. No, not all of them. No, it, it seems like that if you if you look online, but that's not the case. The majority, I, I I would gather, are just regular everyday people who just like you know go to work every day and and whatever, like to cheer for their team on Sunday. But the sport just seems better when those loyal fan bases have a team that's competitive, right? It just is more fun. In Cleveland, the Browns, Freddie Kitchens has let the entire fan base down. And so has Baker. And so has Odell Beckham. He can sit there and... I'm sorry, Odell Beckham is not as good as he thinks he is. It's it's obvious. It's not game plan at this point because he had a couple good seasons, he had a couple great seasons with the Giants, Yeah, and he has literally just carried his career off of those few good seasons with the Giants and has done nothing to build on it. Playoffs come, Odell's a ghost.
1: It was more important to go uh, on a boat before a playoff game.
0: Yeah, Eli Manning, who for better or worse, whatever you think about him, was studying his ass off to try to beat Green Bay in that wild card game, and the entire receiving corps was down taking shirtless photos on a rented yacht down in Florida, on a day off instead of studying. Right. So that tells you how he really feel, feels about the game.
1: And he'll contest that one way or another. Oh yeah. But guess what?
0: Well, the world's out to get Odell Beckham. Guess
1: now. what? You haven't won anything yet, and I don't think I don't think Cleveland's going anywhere this year and honestly if they don't reform this coaching staff it's going to be another year of just awful football in Cleveland and I know they're used to it and I know that fan base is is going to be dedicated because they felt the pain when in the middle of the night the owner literally took the team lifted it up and moved it to was oh, that Baltimore? Baltimore, yeah. Right. Just as a perspective, I know I know the Raider fans know what know it's like. The Charger fans are feeling the same way when they you know Chargers left San Diego. Not a lot of teams know what it feels like for that for the organization to literally take the team and rip it out of the city and move somewhere else. Rams fans, yeah. Heck, there were rumors when Bob took the took ownership of the team they was going to move to Hartford.
0: Yeah, but they were still going to be the New England Patriots. They right. were just moving from Foxborough to Hartford. That's a little bit of a different story. That's not. But I wish they'd move to Hartford. Are you kidding me? It's a 40-minute drive. Not for people in Boston, though. Oh, I mean, sorry, guys, but. <laughs> anyway, um,
1: I don't think we'd do. We wouldn't do the weekend justice if we didn't talk about this subject. Because it's an interesting subject that you brought up. And we, we mentioned the Rams losing to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think Pretty we,
0: convincingly, too. They would look looked awful.
1: Right, and I, I think we agree that Pittsburgh is – that's why I put Mika Fitzpatrick on my top ten MVP list. Okay. Uh, I posted that earlier today. I think he's just changed the defense.
0: For sure. They look more more formidable without a doubt. Right. And it's given somebody in a secondary to help guys like TJ Watt on the defensive line to solidify different levels of the defense. Oh, yeah.
1: Um the Rams. Oof. Cuz this not I, not not I,
0: the uh not yeah, the team that won no, the Super Bowl last year, that's no, for sure. no.
1: And and we'll get into the Bank of Tank um in a few minutes. Uh but has the league caught up to Sean McVay? Yes. How so? Well, cuz you know my opinion on this. So let's hear what you have to say.
0: First of all, I want to make one thing very clear. When I say yes, I am not saying that Sean McVay is a bad head coach and that he's done by any means. I believe he has all the ability in the world to change his game plan and adjust and become better. Much like a young player who kind of hits a wall and really can't get to that next level, Sean McVay kind of did the same thing. And I believe he will get better. I don't know if he's the offensive dynamo everyone had him out to be. I'm not suggesting he's a one-trick pony because he's certainly not. He had these, a certain way of running the offense that was just unique. And he did things that had not been seen before, or at least in a while. Even Jared Goff, who looked terrible the last, you know, the year before he was became head coach, looked like an MVP candidate. Todd Gurley was an MVP candidate. I believe he actually won that season, to be honest with you. And they didn't, you know, they didn't make it to, the, to the Super Bowl his first year, but they looked awesome. It, it was like, man, this is the team to beat from now on. This is a scary team. Right. Last year it came around, they went to the Super Bowl, but down the stretch they kind of faltered a little bit. Got to the, you know, got to the Super Bowl. Patriots, you know, beat them. Was not an offensively impressive game by either team, but a win's a win. I'll take it. Right. But now this year, they start out three and zero. And then they lose to Seattle. Seattle's a great team. Nothing to hang your hat on. No,
1: no, it's good. It's a good loss.
0: But their key players are, you know, now Todd Gurley. Who knows what's going on with him? Uh, Jared Goff has looked like, I mean, he's a middle of the road quarterback, not the MVP candidate that he looked like two years ago, and certainly not the hundred and thirty million dollar four year extension quarterback they signed before the season. Oops. He has not looked like that at all. Oopsie. So, my question is: yes. Was McVeigh really as groundbreaking as everybody made him out to be? Or was it just he followed Jeff Fisher? By the way, the losingest coach in NFL history. I don't know. It's still a little fun fact. Maybe not percentage-wise, but he has more losses than any other coach in NFL history. But is it because he followed Jeff Fisher and he was so young, everyone's like, oh, my God, this guy came in and he's going to change everything. He's he's young and he's this. And it got to a point where anybody who'd even, like, I don't know, been in line at, at, a, at a coffee shop with Sean McVay was getting a, a coaching j- change.
1: Right. I think, I think um, it helped to follow Jeff Fisher because he had no clue. And Jared Goff looked like a first-round bust under Jeff Fisher. And Sean McVay came in, and he changed everything, and he's doing this, he's doing that. What's he doing? He's directing Jeff Jared Goff on how where the coverage is, where he should throw the ball, and the league caught up with it. And they figured out how to disguise it so he can't figure out what's going on. And now Jared Goff is out there lost because he doesn't know what he's looking at and he needs he needs daddy to help him figure out where to throw the ball and if daddy can't figure it out then guess what he's screwed and your stud running back which you gave a buttload of money to is injury prone now and he has to be on a pitch count
0: and your supposed stud quarterback you gave even more money to
1: right can't figure can't out on an offense he can't figure out whether he's looking at cover two or man coverage he can't figure
0: that out. If you put a quarterback who could think by himself, and, and, you know, of course every quarterback takes takes advice from the coach and takes, you know, orders from the coach. But there's a lot of coaches out there who will say, okay, when you're on the field, if you see this, change it up. If you see that, change it up. Read the defense. As you've said before, Goff doesn't do that. Goff oh. relies on McVay to tell him what's going right. on. If you had a Rodgers, a Brady, a Breeze, a Mahomes, a Watson. I mean, truthfully, dare I even say a Lamar Jackson? With the talent on offense that the Rams have, Cooper Cup's one of the best receivers in the game. Right. If you give me a choice, I'd say Cooper Cup over Odell Beckham Jr. all day, every day, not even close. Robert Woods, one of the best kept secrets in football. Right. Brandon Cooks, unfortunately, has been dealing with some issues, but we all know how talented he is. Very good tight ends. Decent line. Probably a
1: little less this year.
0: Yeah, less this year than last year, but it's still very good. It's not it's certainly not bottom of the barrel. But Jared Goff, he can't function because like you said, McVay, he'll tell him what to do. And then Goff gets out there and just does it because he can't read the defense on his own. Right. So and if then... he sees something, he doesn't even he doesn't even know if he's seeing something. That should cause him to audible and make a change. Right. He or, has no idea because McVay is not sitting there telling him. McVay isn't looking at what he's looking seeing. Like right. He's on the sideline. He's not looking straight into the teeth of the defense. He's trying his best, but he can't. That's why you can't,
1: as a head coach, continue to be the eyes of your quarterback. You can help, but you, you know the radio shuts off at a certain point. So... If Ryu shuts off and then all of a sudden the defense changes or they show a, a little glitch here and maybe he's he's trying to think, oh, I should audible to this, and then he audibles out of the play, he goes into another play, and it's – he's – there's, like I said before, there's one thing of trying to help a young quarterback recalibrate after dealing with Jeff Fisher and you just try to get him to a baseline – and try to help him out to be a competent NFL quarterback. There's a whole other thing to just continue to baby him and pamper him. To show him, like literally tell him where to put the ball. And not develop him as a quarterback. I.e. what what the Chiefs did with Patrick Mahomes. They developed him. over. They developed him during his season when he didn't play. And then he comes in and tears up the league his second year of the C- second year in his career, and wins the MVP. Now that's a guy who, who who deserves
0: the contract. Well, Mahomes! Mahomes will get paid. Mahomes will very much get paid. Don't you worry about Don't you worry about <laughs> Mister Mahomes. He's he's not going to be starving anytime soon. Well, I'd, I'd even say the same for. And I know it isn't just because it's topical. I really I really believe this with a guy like Lamar Jackson. You know, you listen to interviews with, with Tarbaugh, and he says, he sat down with the owner, and he said, if we're going to take this guy, we have to build the team around him. We have to develop the playbook for him. Yep. You can't give Lamar Jackson the same playbook you give an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady or a Drew Brees because, well, while, you know, Brees and Rodgers are a little more mobile. Right. You know, old Tom doesn't really it – he's really, quick in the pocket, but not so much in the open field. Correct. But he's, Lamar Jackson's not going to thrive in that position. And everybody knows that. He needs to be able to audible, to be able to change things on the fly, to be able to move around, to be able to get those designed runs. And
1: he needs talented players around him. Right. Which is why they picked up Mark Ingram.
0: Exactly. Like, what was the piece? And missing? a veteran player who can help him.
1: Right. That's what the piece right. was missing last year because they had a bunch of guys, but none of them were that elite runner. Then you add Mark Ingram to an offensive of set. And now you're running the triple option with with Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram. Oh, by the way, we're just going to throw RG three out there, who can still run. And you got Gus Edwards, who's pretty good. And they picked up a kid, I think uh, Justin Hill, in the draft. Yeah, like they have talent. Justice Hill. Justice, thank you. Um, and they have some talent on the perimeters. Hollywood Brown, playing receiver. A couple other receivers. Three talented tight ends. Like that's the biggest yeah. thing is they got the three talented tight ends. Like they, Mark they, Andrews looks like they oh, shredded man. the Patriots because yeah. they have three people. Great, you're going to cover Mark Andrews. Absolutely fantastic. Here's Hunter Hurst. Oh, you're going to cover Hunter Hurst. Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst. Thank you.
0: <laughs> we're going <laughs> to hit. I'll see Correct you player names the rest of the show.
1: <laughs> uh, we're going to hit Boyle because Boyle was the one who lit up the Patriots. Yeah. Hurst. Hurst got his. Edwards got shut out. Or Andrews got set. Up, I'm sorry, Boyle lit him up. Like that's what you got to do. You got to build. Like McVeigh built the team around Jared Goff. The problem was, is you don't have a Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. You have a I don't want to say a robot that, that that doesn't can't read anything. It's a it's a <laughs> Dumbed-down version of an AI.
0: The problem is Jared Goff can't cross the street unless Sean McVay tells him the coast is clear. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, the, that's essentially the problem. Yeah. Whereas Lamar Jackson can look both ways and cross on his own. Patrick Mahomes can look both ways and cross on his own. Well Lamar And Goff can... is sitting there waiting for the crossing guard to walk in the middle of the road and put the stop sign up. And that crossing guard is Sean McVay.
1: And then he has to radio in. Yeah. It's clear.
0: Radio in. You're clear, Jared. You can walk. And then he still probably I don't know, fumble something on the way there.
1: It's 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 going to be bad for the Rams if this continues and what happens next year cuz they're not getting out of like they they tried to make some room Excuse me. <clears throat> what happens next year cuz they tried to make some room to sign Jalen Ramsey, right? So all these contracts are starting to pile up for the Rams. And they can't just cut people loose. I mean, they have some options. But they can't just cut everyone loose to make sure the money fits. And, again, you're going to keep carrying this dead weight of Todd Gurley that you're not using because you have him on it. Don't deny it. You've had a pitch count on Todd Gurley since what?
0: A yeah, week NFC 13, championship of last, year. of last year? yeah.
1: At least the NFC Championship, if not the, the game before where you had him on a pitch count. You denied it up and down as a Super Bowl, and who played more? C.J. Anderson. So it's it's just a matter of time when this is going to catch up to him because they're going to have to pay Cooper Cup. The bill's going to come, and are you going to be able to pay him and pay Jalen Ramsey? Is
0: this is Cooper's third season. When, when was he drafted? What year? Not, not what year, what round, excuse me. Not the first. Yeah, so he, he part, next doesn't year, have a fifth-year option. No, so next year will be it. Unless they want to franchise him or get an extension.
1: And Jalen's contract is, Jalen's in his fifth year right now. So he is essentially going to be a free agent. That's why they freed up the money when they traded Peters. That's why they freed up money all over the place the best they could. Because they they want that money for Jalen Ramsey. I don't see it working out. And they're going to have to fix the line because they have some old people that are probably going to retire or move on. And they're going to have some players come up that are going to get a little pricey. And where are their draft picks, on other teams? Yeah, because they had to give up a ton to get Jalen Ramsey, and what has that done for them?
0: They're not a dominant defense with them.
1: They're one. They're, okay, they're one and one with them. The problem is, is they're looking up to two
0: teams. And the problem is, a Steelers team that is beyond depleting on the offense beat them. On that team, they at least have two of the best players in the league at their position, and Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Yep, that defense should be elite. Should be. Should be top tier, and they're just not performing the way they should. And when you add to that, Jared Goff just looks absolutely lost. McVay needs to really sit down and say, okay, what I was doing isn't working. He's really young. Now he's I think he's mid-30s, but for a NFL head coach, he's a baby. Yeah. And I don't mean in a disrespectful way or anything or like to slay the guy, but as far as age goes, he's... He's a baby for a coach. Yeah. He has the talent and he has the mind to turn it around. He really does. This isn't the case of somebody coming in and having a good year and then just being a one-year wonder. McVay has the ability to be absolutely fine, but he has to stop going back to the well that got him there. That's the thing. Like, sometimes you can dance with what brought you, and sometimes you have to adapt. Right. And right now... Those little trick plays he did, uh, like the other day against Pittsburgh, they tried to fake a punt, fourth and six. It was they were on like they on like uh, their own thirty yard line. Fourth and six, the punter snaps the ball, throws it. I don't know, maybe three yards to the, right to the defender. The play was blown up from the beginning. It wasn't designed well. Nobody seemed to know what they were doing, and that helped them essentially to lose the game.
1: Yeah,
0: and it's like. You have to prepare your team for those scenarios, and you can't put your teams in those spots if you don't have the personnel to execute those plays right and I think these are all hard lessons that McVeigh is learning, and for his sake, I hope he can overcome this and reevaluate his playbooks and get his team better prepared because at some point, if you're you reach a Super Bowl. Now anything that isn't that is a letdown. Right. So now if they get knocked out in the wild card round, they failed. Next year they get knocked out in the divisional round, they failed. The following year they miss the playoffs, Sean McVay is going to be looking for another job.
1: Yeah. They have uh, the Bears on Sunday Night Football.
0: Yeah, good luck. They'll probably win that game just because the Bears, I don't care what happened this past week, the Bears are awful on offense.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, the only person—the only person that's more lost than Jared Goff
0: is Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, well, Mitchell Trubisky may as well be in, a, be in a triangle.
1: Well, I agree. If he misses the playoffs this year and then misses it next year, he's gone. Like, I hate—I hate to say—you know, this this coach will be gone or that coach, he'll be gone. Like, losing, like winning a Super Bowl wears off. Pretty quickly, even in New England, after a few years, it was wearing off pretty thin for Bill Belichick.
0: Ask Andy Reid how it went in Philadelphia.
1: Right? They, oh, they, they they sent him packing. He was in pretty four quickly straight
0: at- NFC Championships games. Right. Went to a Super Bowl. They came within a few minutes of probably winning, and they chased him out of town.
1: And I I think it's going to happen in KC too. It, he's
0: that's he's headed that way.
1: Um. But I think I think. Sean McVay is just like he needs to recalibrate. Maybe not this night, not now. Like now, you got to go with what you. Like I think you got to go with who you got and how you got there. Maybe you make some adjustments, but realistically, you are what you are right now. The off season, you need to readjust how you're treating Jared Goff. You need to let the kid figure some stuff out, especially in the preseason, and maybe. For the rest of this season, if you think this season's a wash because you're staring up at two teams that are better on you on offense and better on you than at defense in Seattle and in San Francisco.
0: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: So you're staring at trying to get the second wild, well, not the first. You're trying to get the second wild card, which is going to be a fight as well. So you might want to just look at it and say, let's see if we can prove Jared Goff against some of these other uh, uh, worse teams and see if we can go next season with a new mindset of he's going to run the offense, he's going to be the guy, I'm going to feed him the plays. In practice, we're going to show him what we what he should be seeing. But in the games, he's got to see, he's got to read defenses. Because if you don't read the defenses and you don't know how to read the defenses, what happens in a two-minute drill in the Super Bowl when you're down by three and you need to drive the field and you can't read the defenses and and you have a team like a, a coordinator slash head coach like Belichick or someone like Greg Williams, or we'll stretch back to Rex Ryan, guys who can take their defense and flip the program into an go from zone to man, man to zone, flip it back and forth, and you don't know how to read the defense, you're screwed.
0: I know what he does. Waits for his crossing guard.
1: Well, what if the crossing guard can't do can't do anything to help him?
0: Well, and he stands there waiting.
1: Yep, and he gets crushed.
0: All this Jared Goff talk has me thinking about Banker Tank. And why is that? Well, it was a uh, it's a pretty good week for me.
1: That was a great week for me.
0: I did I did really good. I think I could have tied you had Tyler Lockett not gotten injured. That's fair. But I, I didn't. You know, I was four and two. You were five and one. I mean, you want to go over some of your highlights?
1: Uh, there's really only one highlight I want to go over. That's my, again, for the second time this year, I picked Jared Goff to tank. And for the second time, he tanked.
0: But you can't pick him again now because that's too easy of a choice. Right.
1: So that's <laughs> that's part of my rules is is if I pick them more than once and they keep tanking, it just seems like um, yeah, yeah, I'm putting it on a tee and just cracking it. So I probably won't pick them again.
0: So we stop picking Keenan Allen because it's like, yeah, you guys already know.
1: <laughs> but it's like, you know, I can't pick Tyler Lockett because he made me look
0: bad. Yeah, because he's awesome, and you have bad choices. Right.
1: Just like I can't pick him for tank because it right. wouldn't be fair. But uh, no, I think uh, I think I started off good with Melvin Gordon, and then I finished off finished off strong with um, Jared Goff tanking, and my only blemish is DJ Moore made me look bad. And I love DJ Moore and I love his but I thought I thought Green Bay was gonna shut him down.
0: Yeah, I know he, he But it seemed like did pretty
1: well. It seemed like um, Carolina moved him around, didn't set him on one side, so. Partly had to do with it. <clears throat> you had a few
0: wins there. I did. I mean I think it could have been better. I was really surprised Devin <sighs> Singletary didn't do better than he did. I mean you yeah, know, he did okay. But didn't get nearly what he would have needed to you know be a bank player.
1: You pegged <clears throat> you pegged Jimmy.
0: I did. I know I I got that one. Uh I thought it would be because the running game was going to take over. Not because he just looked
1: bad. He looked bad. He looked
0: really bad. And I don't think he's a bad quarterback, but he just looked confused. Whatever Seattle was doing was working because he just did not look like the guy who's been playing the first eight games of the season.
1: Maybe it was just Jadavion Clowney decided to play this week.
0: That I mean, Clowney was a beast yesterday. Right. So it's to show you when he puts his you know head in the game. That's the he's problem with him. a tremendous player. That's the problem with him. Yeah, Jimmy just didn't look great. Uh, I Exactly what I thought would happen with Kenyon Drake happened, yep. where he just got mixed in with a, back, a committee backfield. And he he's not the primary guy well that they, one though I'm proud of that one because he was only projected to get seven point9 points and, and I that. still I still picked him for a tank and he got seven point2 points so
1: that but, was a good one and to to put a little topping on that they benched David Johnson yeah they benched him so you didn't get the production.
0: No, he did. He did. It wasn't there.
1: Now I don't know if I go forward with that pick, depending on the matchups. No, no.
0: Kenyon Drake will have some big games this year. Yeah. Absolutely. I just didn't think that was going to be one of them, and I thought that was going to be a letdown game right. coming off a huge performance. Uh, Marvin Jones. Now it came out Sunday morning that Matthew Stafford wasn't even going to play. Yeah. So that was kind of an easier, easier bank uh, tank than I thought it would be, especially against that barrier secondary. Yeah. I still got it, but I, when I made that pick, I thought Matthew Stafford was going to be starting. Either way, I'll take it. Uh, i got I got the Kyler Murray bank right. Uh, I almost feel bad about that one because the kid's been so good, like it, just, it was too easy. um and then Lockett got injured. Yeah, you know it doesn't seem like it's anything serious, uh, but he really didn't play most of that game. so it's still you know it's still a loss because he didn't bank, but I think I could have tied you at five and one had that happened. How you actually been able to in there all game. But right. you know, it's okay. It's all right. I'm gonna come back stronger next week. Yep. I'll take my spot back.
1: We going to take a peek at a uh, Game of the Wink.
0: Boy, do I, because I nailed that one. The you did. You did. Seattle Seahawks you did. beat the San Francisco forty ers by a score of twenty seven to twenty four. And if you go back to episode nine, yeah, I think it was probably about twenty eight, thirty minutes in, we were talking about the game. We predicted scores. I predicted a Seattle win, twenty-seven to twenty-four. Now I did say last-second field goal. Technically, it was even though it was overtime, whatever. But yeah, so I was I was pretty happy with that.
1: Yeah, I would be too.
0: It was a great game though. It was exciting. It. I mean, not not fundamentally sound in some areas, but man, it was it was an exciting game.
1: And 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 I've been hearing today, unfortunately, on the swill of talk sports radio. That it wasn't a good game. That I, anyone's crazy who thinks it wasn't a good game. That was a good well, game. That was there was drama in it. You didn't know what was gonna happen. You thought, Oh, easy kick easy field goal. Nope. Kicker shanked it.
0: It depends what your interpretation of a good game is. I think of a good game as something that keeps me interested and I'm exactly. excited to watch. Yeah. And let's be honest, man. Uh all those sports talk radio stations and all those talking heads on TV and all those you know, I can't even I can't even listen to those guys because everything they say is just to jump controversy. Yep. Just to get you know, Ooh, uh, everybody hates this player. Ooh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a hot take on that player. It's ridiculous. It you know if you hear something on here, you hear us say something, and you want to challenge us on it, just hit us up on Facebook. Hit us up on Twitter. Hell, if you know us well enough, just text us. <laughs> yeah. We'll be we'll be glad to tell you why we really feel that way. Like we're not we're not out to troll you. Well, maybe a little bit for fun, but in all honesty, you know, I joke around about the Baltimore, you know, easy win against the Bengals, but you know they're a hell of a team. I'm not taking nothing away from them. We're not we're not here to say something outlandish to get you know clicks or downloads for it. We tell you what we really think. Yeah, and these guys on these, for the most part, don't. It's a joke.
1: Yeah. I agree.
0: That was a great game between two tremendous teams that, I mean, realistically, although I still think it'll be New Orleans yeah, representing the NFC in the Super Bowl, Yep. there's a chance we could have watched a preview of the NFC Championship game last night. There's a chance. It's very possible. Those two teams in, are that good.
1: I was texting someone last night after the game. I was saying, you know what, the NFC playoffs in general, it's going to be some exciting football. Oh, absolutely. A lot of talent lot of teams that are good, and it's going to come down to every last play. This the the seating. I think the seating is going to come down to week seventeen.
0: Hundred percent. Every every NFC playoff game could be a one score game. Yeah, it really could be.
1: It's going to matter where the games are played too. If you got to go up to Seattle, there there that's that's a tough place to play.
0: You're playing in November. You're going to be playing. Uh, you know, you get Seattle against Green Bay. <laughs> you're going to go in Seattle, and I really don't know how cold it gets up in Seattle. It's not the right. cold; it's the it's, the twelve. It's, right, I know that, but I mean, I'm sure it gets a little. You know, yeah. I know it's a lot of precipitation and stuff up there, but it's not Green Bay in January.
1: No, Green Bay in January is a different. Animal. Or
0: if you get in New Orleans, where you are down in the dome. They can be nice and comfortable at home. You know, you know, climate-controlled dome. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's going to be – it's really, really going to matter. Whereas in the AFC uh, – It's going through New England. I believe it will, and that makes it tough because you know that's a tough place to win. Yeah. But outside of that, uh, Arrowhead's usually tough. Arrowhead the- usually is, but this year yeah. it, it does not have that coat of armor it has had. Nope. And where, had else, where else in the AFC is really a tough place to play? Maybe Baltimore. Maybe, but even Baltimore
1: probably hopes to go up to New England, because if there's one team that can go up to New England and beat New England in New England, it's Baltimore, because they've done it. Yeah, I got to be honest with you.
0: The only team in the AFC that I really fear seeing in the playoffs is the Ravens. Truthfully, like even Kansas City doesn't scare me in New England.
1: Other than that, no. There's nobody else, because you're not going to. No one's going to Buffalo to. Lose? Yeah no no
0: one yeah no one's going. Oh my God, we have to go play in Buffalo.
1: I mean yeah it's it's crappy weather, but realistically they're gonna be a wild card team. Yeah, so you're not gonna have to go there. Because no nothing... one
0: no one no one's intimidated by Indianapolis' home field advantage. No, Houston cause... hasn't done enough at home to fear going and playing there.
1: Right. And and if if New England gets them or Kansas City gets them or Indianapolis gets them in in Houston. They'll smoke Houston, cause Houston's the past few years just turtle at home.
0: I I I think especially with now KC having four losses, I would be absolutely shocked if the one and two C D in the AFC are not Baltimore, New England, and Baltimore just has to watch. They have to keep the distance
1: between them and Pittsburgh, right? Because Pittsburgh's right there. You can't you can't deny it. They're right behind them. Well, Pittsburgh's
0: what five and five. Yeah. Well, they, they Baltimore's a three game lead on them.
1: They could disappear just like that, though.
0: Yeah, not with a snap of fingers, man. I think so. Baltimore's not going to get that bad that quick. Unless not, something happens to Lamar.
1: I'm not saying they are, but before you know it, they could compile a few losses, and it doesn't it doesn't look like Steelers are going to lose anytime soon.
0: Oh yeah, they're gonna But yeah. The Steelers are not that good. The defense is very good. The defense is better. Very good. I, that offense is is a joke, and any competent defense, any competent team they play, yeah, I wouldn't fear them. Right. Because because the Rams, who we just tore down their offense for the past twenty minutes. Yes. They went in and lost, and now all of a sudden the, the, the Steelers are juggernauts. Right. No top team in the AFC's Baltimore's not losing to Pittsburgh. Well, that's gonna wrap it up for us today. Thanks for listening. As always, if you have any questions or comments or suggestions, feel free to contact us and fill us in. Ben, how to do that?
1: Well, you can go on Twitter, uh, FO one You can go on Instagram where we're posting videos, uh, Ben underscore Chris Talk Football, and obviously Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Football. You, we post every day content, comments. Subjects, polls, we're interactive. You want to hit us up? Hit us up any day.
0: We love the debates, guys. We love seeing you guys communicate with us online and and you know challenge us and question us. It's a lot of fun. We love doing this, and we hope you're enjoying what we're doing. And we will see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.